turned and says to me, blows my mind. It blew my mind last night. And I stood there for the next 20 minutes when we talked, or I heard, listened to him talk, about the end times. And he said to me that you have got to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus Christ. And I stood there and I looked at him and I'm going, this must be from God because that's the same thing that I was thinking as I was driving up. It's the same thing that was put on my heart when I was going back and forth to Denver. And I was sharing with him. I said, brother, the Lord has just put that on my heart. That that's what I'm to preach about is to tell God's people to get ready. And when we look at the text today from Matthew chapter 24, a lot of us is going to think, well, that's 2000 years ago. And at the time of Nero in AD 70, a lot of that prophecy was fulfilled, but a lot of it was not filled. And if we look around today, a lot of that stuff is happening right now. So I have been telling Miss Belinda for a week to read Matthew 24. Wow. So God is God is speaking. And not only did the Spirit tell me to get you all ready to see Jesus, but I must prepare myself. I must prepare myself also. Because it's not good that the shepherd gets left behind. And so I don't know what the Spirit is going to say in this today. But I do know that you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is about to say to you. Amen. I'm here to tell you right now that there's nothing in this building is more important than the Word of God and in your heart today. And I also want to tell you something too, that the magnitude of this hurricane has been enormous. It has been many years since the United States has seen a storm this size. For all intents and purposes, this hurricane supposed to have done catastrophic damage throughout the entire state of Florida. It come to watch Florida off the face of the map. That storm was almost 400 miles wide. And when it left Haiti, it was a category five heading directly for you and for me. Someone put a picture on Facebook. You ever seen the hand of God? You want to know what the hand of God looked like? And someone drew a picture with God's left hand. Now, we don't know what God's left hand looked like, but it shows like a left hand there and the storm being pushed out to sea and the state of Florida protected. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And then someone else wrote, and, and, and I, could, I just got to say this, I got to say this, I got to say this. I have never, ever sensed such a powerful movement of God's spirit in my wife since I left y'all. What I read on the internet about her telling people to pray, 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 America, turn back to God, repent and turn back to God. Just don't, don't pray that God will keep you safe. Pray that God will help you turn to Jesus. And I read that and I'm going, wow. What powerful words coming through the heart of this lady to the people of America. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ wants his people 
to get ready. Did you see the satellite image over Haiti? Of the Haiti was just obliterated. It was a real satellite image of a skull face. All I know is that the Lord Jesus Christ spared the state of Florida. Amen. Um, is it, isn't the hurricane still And it's, I believe that God heard the prayers of his children. Psalm 66 verse 18 tells you and I, if I consider iniquity in my heart, you will not hear me when I pray. But the second part of that verse says, but you have heard me and you have answered my prayers. And so that means that God's children were in the right place for God to hear their prayers. Amen? Amen. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, you must, you must, you must, from this moment forward, put Jesus Christ first in everything you do. We have got to transition from living like earthly creatures to start living like heavenly creatures. Amen. That means, young Emma, when you are on the band field, doing whatever it is that you all do, your mind cannot be earthly bound. Your mind must be heavenly bound. Fix on Jesus. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter that you work at a Christian organization. Okay? Organizations don't take people to heaven. Jesus does. Amen. Okay? It doesn't matter what your role is. You can be beating the piano and still die and go to hell. You can be preaching the gospel and still die and go to hell if your life is not right with Jesus by way of God, okay? Now, I want to also preface this with what Paul said to the church in Colossians. Paul told them that it is impossible for you to make peace with God. You and I are incapable of making peace with God on our own. Paul says in his letter to the Colossian church in chapter one, towards the end of that chapter, he said, listen, he said that Jesus Christ made peace with God through his blood on the cross. Amen. Jesus did it. Therefore, mere humans does not have the capacity to make peace with God. If that would have been the case, God would have never sent Jesus. So we have got to stop taking Jesus out of the equation and always putting a human element in place of Jesus. Stop letting people tell you and I that, oh, but God had to use you. You had to do something. No, you did not. If you study the scriptures very, very carefully and very close, and it's even for a young Vernon to understand, that you and I have done absolutely nothing to warrant God the ability to let us in his kingdom. We have done nothing. What God tells us, through Christ himself and the holy prophets and the disciples. This is what he said. 
that God set up the entire salvation plan. And God himself enacted that plan and carried it out. God and God alone. And also what you need to understand that today you are here not by coincidence. You're here because God said, I want you here to hear this message. Amen? Amen. And God is saying to you and I that you do not even have faith alone in him. Let me back up. In Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul writes to the church of Rome and it says that God has given every man a measure of faith. Right. What does that mean? That it's impossible for you to believe God on your own. It's impossible. Unless the master put it within us, we cannot know anything there is to know about him. And when Abraham said that we are pilgrims just passing through, he meant that because God had showed him. What is a pilgrim? Someone who's on a journey and passing through a strange land. That's what Abraham said God has done for you and for me, that he has made us foreigners of pilgrims passing through a strange land. What is this strange land? Earth. Well, what is he doing? God has us on a journey from earth to heaven. And Jesus Christ is the one that paved the way. Okay? His blood became the payment. That's why he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the... No one come to the Father except... You got it. Jesus Christ is absolutely the doorway to God and God alone. There is no other way. And he told us this in Matthew 7. He said, broad is the way that leads to what? To destruction. That means that's a life that is condemned by God. He said, a lot of people are going to find that one. And you know what we call it in layman's terms today? We call it grass is greener on the other side because that's what people have always been taught that look for the grass that's greener on the other side and that's the way we live our lives materially fame money whatever the case may be whatever that green look like to you and we pursue that with everything we have and oftentimes we sell out to God and Jesus said in Matthew 10 what shall a man give in exchange for his what soul what will you sell out to God for a house on a hill with 15 Rolls Royces and a couple of Cadillacs, I guarantee you they can't shield you from the heat of hell. What will you give in exchange for your life, Jesus said. Okay? He said, listen, and he, Jesus was very adamant about this, young Vernon. He said, what will a man give in exchange for his life? If he should gain the entire what? Well, because the, our society said, go and get while you're what? Able to get all that you can what? Get. Go get it. And it doesn't matter who you have to walk on to do what? To get it. Go after it. And Jesus said, after you have achieved all of that getting, and he called it the world, 
said, what have you gained if you have lost your soul after you went after everything that the world has to offer? And it comes to the true thing that really matters, your walk with God. What have you benefited? What exchange, in other words, using currency in the exchange market, you know about that, changing foreign currency, U.S. money for foreign currency, you know that. You traveled abroad, some of you, you know what that means. And so, what have you gained? When you took and put your life out there, gave up the life that God had laid out for you, and exchanged it for the ways of this world, what have you gained? So here's something that you need to consider. What is written in this word, this is not an antiquated word. This word is still applicable today from the day that the Holy Spirit laid it on the lips and hearts of the men to write it and to speak it. It is applicable from the day that the Son of God sat on the Mount of Olives and gave this word to those disciples. Those disciples did not fully understand that day what Jesus was saying to them, but they would later by the Holy Ghost understand what Jesus is saying. And people, today, and by the Spirit of the living God, you're going to see a lot of this stuff happening in our world right now. And one of them in particular is going to stand out to you today. And when it does, it should be frightening to you. No matter how old or how young you are, you should be prepared to see that eastern sky crack and the master coming through. Hello. You need to get ready. You need to prepare your children to have a heart of expectancy that even today Jesus can what? Come. God is not monking around with the human race. Please listen to the word of God. I know it's warm in here. Okay. To me it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired up. I want you all to understand. Please hear me when I say this. Don't come back in this place. During the time of Bible study, and the time of worship, thinking about other things and celebrating in your heart things that you've done the day before or the things that you're going to do that day or the things that you're going to do the next day. Fix your eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone when you come in this house. Get used to going to the mountaintop. What I mean by that? Going in the presence of God and ready for God to take you out of here. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get used to it. Get ready to go home. Because in a little while, Jesus is going to put undertakers out of business. It should have made a lot of you happy. <laughs> Amen? Amen. There won't be any need for grave diggers. Amen? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then let's see what the Lord Jesus Christ has in store for us with his word. People, hear me carefully. This word is just as much for me as it is for you out there. 
when God sends a word like he did last night to a perfect stranger, and he speak the very thing that the Spirit had just spoken to me moments earlier about what to preach to you all today, we need to be listening. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you so much that Jesus Christ, our Lord, came and he knows the future better than anyone that ever walked this earth. <coughs> so when he spoke to those disciples that day on the Mount of Olives, right out from the Temple Mount, and told them about things that were yet to come, to prepare their hearts to meet him in the end times, those men, I'm not so sure, Father, that they fully understood. But once the Holy Ghost came and entered their hearts, then they understood. And some of them actually lived to see the temple torn down. But yet, the fulfillment of what you said, Lord Jesus, had not yet fully come. Those moments are for our times and for our children's time. And you are about to bring those things to pass. Help us now to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Lord, watch over Israel, your holy people. They're still your chosen people. Be with them and allow your peace to dwell in Jerusalem. In these United States, Lord, you gave us a wonderful blessing. You spared thousands, hundreds of thousands from death and from injury and from loss of property, Lord, by shielding us from this hurricane. And today, Lord, shield us from death Shield us from evil, shield us from evil, and the wickedness thereof by your Spirit. Now, Lord Jesus, help us to hear what you is speaking to your church by your Spirit. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll speak to you all today for about two hours. <laughs> We got to make up for past times in which I haven't been here. It's midnight somewhere. <laughs> okay, it's midnight somewhere. Then, it, then Jesus went and departed from the temple. Uh, what you need to know about this temple is that this is the third building on this temple. The first temple was built by King Solomon, and all the material had been gathered by King David, his father. And remember, God had told David that he would not build him a house because he had blood on his hand, meaning that David was a man of war. So Solomon did build the temple to the specifications in which God said so. And then several hundred years later, the Babylonians came because of the hardness of Israel's heart. And the Babylonian was a powerful army, the most powerful army on earth. And they marched through the land and they tore the temple down. They ransacked the temple, stole all of its contents and hauled it off to Babylon. And they left the temple in ruins. So after 70 years, the children of Judah was in captivity by the hand of the Lord. He released them on the king Cyrus. 
sent them back under the governor named Nehemiah at the time. And then they had other governors named Zerubbabel and they had a priest called Zechariah and they had Joshua, the high priest. You read about all this in the Old Testament, just in case you get bored a little bit, pick it up and read it. It's quite fascinating and full of life. And so God got angry with Israel when they came back out of Babylon because they had went and built their houses and had cedar paneling in their houses and all. And what he did, he stopped their crops from growing. And they sent locusts to eat up what was already there. And they say, you want to know why this is happening? Look at my house. Your house is pounded with cedar and look at my house laying in ruins. But he got their attention. Anyway, they went about asking people who was here who remember what the temple looked like before it got torn down. And round about that time, you know, some of them brothers and sisters had to be up in age, didn't they? Kind of like Brother David. Oh, excuse me, wasn't supposed to say that, preacher. All right. Now, anyway, they, they rebuilt the temple. Got it back going, Brother David. But then, several hundred years later into the future, there came along a man by the name of Herod. Herod, by the way, was a warrior, just in case y'all didn't know that. He was a real fighter. And the Romans appointed him as king over Israel. And Herod wanted the temple to be more splendid, more grander than it had ever been. And so he had them start building on it. And from my understanding, it took them about 19 years to get this temple where it is to the point where Jesus them are sitting looking at it. It probably was the most extravagant building in the Middle East. Okay? And maybe in all the earth, all the world. Okay? It was something to look at. And so the, the disciples, like little children, come out and they were saying, I'm going to put it in terms where the kids can understand it. Kind of like they're saying to their dad, Daddy, did you see that? Look at that building. Look how nice that building looked. And Jesus is sitting there acting as the father, right? And he says to them, listen to this. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? In other words, the main temple and the adjacent buildings on the temple complex. There was more than one building, okay? And Jesus said, do you not see all these things? And they go, yeah, look at them, right? They're very excited. Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon what? Another that shall not be thrown down. How would you like to have been there and Jesus just basically poured water on you in a sense on your emotions, watered down what you just said? Why do you think the Lord God wanted these men to hear this? Because they were given a builder more praise than they were given to who? To God. Nothing on earth is supposed to receive that kind of worship. Only God. Now, they'd have ran back and said, Jesus, look what these people are praising God in this place. I don't know. Just Sammy Nelson talking. May have been a different story. But the Lord given a very powerful message here because it's just a lead in for what is yet to come. And so he's going to lay out some stuff for them. And you know what, people? What he laid out for those 12 men on that temple mount 
is very much applicable for you and I today. Here's a quick glimpse of history. Have you ever seen on the news or any documentary about these men going to this wall and they're wearing these funny hats and they got these pigtails hanging down and they're sitting there and they're doing this? Do you know what that's called? They are at the place called the Welling Wall. It is the last wall, it's the western wall of the temple complex. But Jesus' prophecy was, I say to you, there shall not be one stone left upon a another. Here's what some people think, and I seem to agree with it now. That temple wall, the remaining of the whaling wall, as they call it, must come down. Some people think that the wall may get blown up, and this may trigger World War could you think the Jews going to stand idle and allow that to happen? No, because that's the last thing of the temple that they had to hold on to. Is this making any sense to you all now? We're going to march a little bit further into the future. You all ready? Now, as he said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. What were why? Saying, tell us. When will these things be? Pretty fascinating question and a very important question. Lord, when is this temple going to get torn down? Hmm. If I were Maurice and I was one of the disciples, I would have come ask Jesus the same question. Jesus, when is this going to happen? But guess what? Did they stop there? They did not. And what will be the sign of your... They put two questions in one question. When will be the sign of your coming and the end of the ages? Now, what made them ask that question? Something tell me that these men were being moved by the Spirit to ask these last two questions. You know why, Caitlin? Because the questions, the answer to the questions point to the, the, the authenticity of who Jesus Christ is. It points to his true identity as the son of God, knowing all things, just as his father does. So what did they say? Or what did they ask? When will be the sign of your so they had to anticipate that he was doing what? That he was going to, in order to have a coming, he had to have a, a departure, a passing, a leaving, getting out of here. See you later, Jack. Whatever it is. Something tells us that these men may know more than what we give them credit for. Because that's a very important question. Do you know why this question is so important? Because Jesus had not died yet. Amen. And he had not ascended into heaven. Nope. Nope. So the Holy Ghost, I believe, had to give these men this insight to ask that kind of question. So one of these things, what are the miracles that are called the word sign that you got to look beyond like a, a traffic sign? 
They're saying, when are these miracles going to take place? What miracles are going to happen to tell us that you are coming what? Back again. So that meant they had to believe that he is who he say he is and that he's coming back again. Uh-oh. Now you see the deepness of this? And not only that, these men had to understand that uh-oh, at some point in human history, it is going to stop. Human history is going to end. It's going to stop. It exists no more. When Jesus comes back, human rules, human government will cease forever. They had to understand that. So what Jesus... When are the end of the ages or the times is going to take place? Men have been pondering this question for thousands of years. This is not a new question, everybody. Men have been wondering, where did we come from while we're here? And when is it all going to what? End. Scientists give you a bunch of theories. Oh, uh, the universe is going out faster than we can imagine, then all of a sudden it's going to abruptly stop and come back in on itself just as it went out. Kind of give you a picture of a nuclear explosion, Mr. David, with the mushroom. It goes out at over 800 miles an hour, and then it comes back in. And it has just as much destruction going out, coming back in. I mean, coming back in as it has going out. And so... Pretty important questions that even Maurice Nelson can understand them. He's a college boy now, so should be able to understand this. And so, Jesus, we need to see some signs, some miracles, okay, that need to be taking place. Uh, everybody, he's going to address that later. The questions will not go unanswered. It's in the text. Are you hearing me? Babies, if you think Jesus is not coming back, keep looking up at the sky. The man said, the brother said to me last night, he said, brother, I said, well, I, in fact, I had just told him, I said, when I walked out of my house last night to come here, I looked up at the sky and I seen a starry night. And I looked over my right shoulder and there was the moon. I said, only God can do that right after the hurricane. Give you a starry night. Amen. And he said, do you realize what you just said? No, no. He goes, the Lord said, all who look up. He said, that's when he's going to come. He's going to catch you while you're looking up. And Apostle Paul did say that, and I didn't realize it until last night. If you look in your notes there, I put a little bit of in your notes. He said, look up, for our redemption draws near. That means, look up! He's on his way. That means you and I have got to stop looking down and start looking up. Because he's coming back again. That's powerful. That's powerful. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. We've had this before in Bible study, had we not, not long ago? 
I told y'all about this several times about you got folks out there that they're deceiving people right now about the end times. And they're telling people to do this and do that or in order so that the people can empty their pocketbooks and send to them. Okay? You all don't owe me anything. Not one copper penny. But I owe you everything by giving you the word of God. And this is what the Lord said to me on that plane. And I wrote it down in the book that I was reading. God said to me, sitting on the plane, and I couldn't believe he spoke it in my heart out loud. I did not call you to fill stadiums with men. I called you to fill men with my word. I go, okay, Lord, I got it. I got it loud and clear. And I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So listen. And Jesus answered said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. We already know that that's taking place. Many will say that they are the Messiah. When you look at the word Christ, they'll think of the Messiah, okay? You got to think from a Hebrew point of view, that they were looking for this knight in shining armor to come back and to liberate them from Roman oppression, okay? Because the Romans were nasty, mean, vicious people. They didn't care about anybody. They snuffed your life out just like that. To them, you were just another dead person, Okay? But Jesus said, many are going to say, I am the Messiah. Is it not happening in the 21st century? You bet you. Okay? So that's nothing new. He's saying, we'll deceive many, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. Is that happening right now? Oh, yeah. Is that happening right now? Yeah. It's happening so much that we can't believe it's on every continent right now there's a conflict. Somewhere. And new ones are being started right now. There's a movement in the earth right now to wipe out all of Christianity. Open your eyes, people, young people. The devil don't care about you because you love Jesus. Didn't they just unveil a new devil statue in New York? Yes. And then he goes on and says, see that you are not troubled. Uh-oh. What, what did Jesus mean by that? The opposite of trouble is what? Peace. And it's the same language that he will later use in John chapter 14. John records it in the very first statement of that chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. Other words, the Greek word there saying, don't be bogged down with anxieties and fear. Because that's what that word represents. So just because they're out to get you and just because there are wars everywhere, God's saying to his people, don't you worry about it. Don't worry about it. Folks, if time is coming, that it's going to be shooting all around us in our own country. It's already here. Somebody put a false story on, on, on Facebook yesterday saying that shop owners shot and killed 39 looters in the Daytona area. Put it out there as if it was a real news story. What were they doing? They were trying to incite trouble between the races. 
three cops were killed in South Florida. And I researched it because you know if you pop, pop it up on Google, if Google don't cover the story, you know it's what? Not right. And I came back and said, this story is not true. There's no evidence to support this claim. Don't believe it. Let's go on. And it says, see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In other words, you have not seen nothing yet. It's more to come. The hell hole you say we live in, mm -hmm. you ain't seen nothing yet. The end is not yet. In other words, Jesus said there's some more stuff to come. Okay? For nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against what? Kingdom. Right, can I break that down to you to the finest and smallest point? Kind of like you're doing fraction and you reduce them to their lowest denomination. You remember doing fraction, some of you? Okay? Listen. Jesus is saying, not only the political geography, okay, the United States, Mexico, Germany, Kenya. He said, I'm not just talking about them. Now, I'm going to bring it in closer, and I'm going to tell you that even your regions is going to come against each other. Your villages are going to come against each other. Your tribes are going to come against each other. Y'all ready to take it further? Even your families, your clans are going to come against each other. And then later, he's going to break it down even more narrow. Okay? Meaning, no one is going to be prone from this except God's children. You, you're getting this now, Arve? That means the south side are going to be against the north side. And the east side is going to be against the west side. And you can mix all them up and get north, east, southwest, whatever you want to get out of it. They're going to be against each other. Okay? And there will be what? Famines. There's an S on that, Shelly. That means there's going to be worldwide hunger. A worldwide shortage of food. All that stuff y'all like to go back there and get, say amen, because you do. It's not going to be there. All that poking beans and rice you like is not going to be available for you to get. Pestilences. What is that? Diseases. Don't you know that the CDC is hiding information from you and from me of new discoveries of diseases that we don't even know about? I heard a special the other day talking about antibiotics, how the body all of a sudden does this and that to fight against antibiotics in order for that disease or that virus to mutate to a point that it fights off that antibiotics and that antibiotics is no longer effective. That the disease take on a mind of its own? Yeah. 
Stuff that we used to have cures for, all of a sudden coming back and knocking us out. Because it has found a way to maneuver in your body around the antibiotics that your body has built up. Well, what you saying, preacher? What I'm saying, polio may kill you again. Mm -hmm. The flu. Huh? Tuberculosis that back in the 60s when I was a boy, if you had TBs, you were basically out of here. Am I right, Mr. David? And, and now it is so coming back so rapidly, the doctors are going, huh? I thought we had eradicated this. Diseases that we thought measles, smallpox, the mumps, all that stuff is on its way back with a vengeance. Simple thing. My oldest sister died from measles at the age of three months. Wow. Simple vaccination would have taken care of it. Open the borders. That may be the cause. And so he's telling you and I, an earthquake in various places. Are we now uh, not experiencing that? Yes. What just happened in Oklahoma and Kansas a couple of weeks ago? Call me station. What could earthquake? In Oklahoma, they showed pictures from a 4.0 earthquake, Maurice. It buckled the streets in some places. And other even had small gaps in the streets where the earth shifted. In Oklahoma, where cowboys and Indians are. <laughs> All of a sudden, now you got earthquakes. But listen up. In various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let me, uh, uh, how many of you all are Floridians? Where are you sitting at right now? You sitting in the state of Florida? Yes. Uh, newsflash, they're expecting Florida to have an earthquake. Uh, y'all didn't know that because y'all don't like to read. Can break us off? Okay, I don't know what it's going to do, but they, G, 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 uh, what do they call those people? What do they call them again? Seismologists. Those are the ones that monitor the shifting of the Earth's crust. Okay? Things called tectonic plates. You'll learn about these fancy names later. Okay? They are expecting the state of Florida here in the near future to have an earthquake. They're expecting Yellowstone Park. Or Yellowstone Park, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Jealous. Jealous, I don't think of Yogi Bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> Too much TV. <laughs> okay. Parts of Yellowstone have risen up, am I right? And the lake have what? Shifted. And it says a magma pool underneath there that is so huge that it's going to be catastrophic if it blows. It's a mega, mega. Magma, magma buildup. In California, y'all might as well, you know that old saying? Yeah. That's in a nice way that they say it. To God be the glory, right? But Jesus says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. That word right there, sorrow, really is a bad translation. He says, these are the beginning of birth pangs. You mamas know what that like. Y'all screamed out in, the, in those birth rooms, crying. Help me, Lord. And if I catch this joke, I'm going to knock him crazy. <laughs> anyway, but Jesus saying, yeah, birth pains mean that it's not going to be easy. That means people are going to die. 
That means people are going to be hurting from loss of property, loss of limbs, loss of family, loss of friends, job, neighborhoods, everything. Look around you, people. These earthquakes are happening rapidly all around the world. Uh, some of y'all got families going to be stationed in Hawaii. And Hawaii has this little fancy thing called the Ring of that goes all the way down to New Zealand. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Guess what's going to happen to the ring of fire? It's going to be a ring of fire. You know, fire in the house. It ain't going to be that kind of fire, okay? Y'all need to be listening. Pay attention to what's going on. Then they will deliver you up to tribulations and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. The, the, the apostles did experience it, but they were hunting them down like rabid dogs in those days. And guess what? In certain countries of the world right now, if you're a Christian, you're being hunted. You betcha. Like in China. And so just because you live here in this Western Hemisphere doesn't mean that you are not prone from these kinds of attacks. If you look at it, the current president has made way for the church to be attacked. And he may not have meant to, to be that way. But the gates have been opened, people, for attacks on the church. Do you know why? Because the church has set dormant and not done anything. We have the right, and we have, we're very powerful people in this nation. There's a bunch of us. Why can't we vote senators and, and, and congressmen into office that are able to make policy in our favor? But instead, we vote in a way that we think gonna benefit us in our pockets rather than for our lives. Hello. Watch out. That's just Sammy putting that out there. Let me go on because we got an hour left. <laughs> so they're going to kill you. And then many will be offended. How do you not experience that now from a lot of your buddies? When you begin to talk about Jesus, young people, don't some of your friends tell you, I don't want to hear that? Yes. Ah, come on. Caitlin, you've been shielded. You went to a Christian school. Quite naturally, it's going to be acceptable in that environment to talk about Jesus. Come outside of it. I guarantee this boy can't walk through the halls of Santa Fe and start, hey, everybody, you know what Jesus told me? They're going to say, shut up. <laughs> and the principal is going to say, come here. And the teacher is going to say, you just got an F on your book report. What do you mean Jesus rose from the dead? That's not scientific. That's theory. You're going to go, but my Bible said, oh, another F. That book's not allowed here. They did that to Aiden up there before he got switched. Okay. Folks, open your eyes and see the reality of the truth. You are not paying attention to it. It is happening. You know what happened? You never heard of the little boy stuck his finger in the hole in the, in the dike. Do you know how much water needs to come through a hole in a dike in order for that dike to eventually break? It starts off as a trickle. 
Then after a while, it works its way to something what? Bigger. And then it gets too enormous that the dike no longer has its integrity. It does what? It breaks. And when it breaks, people what? Die. So a lot of these, look at these 21st century kids. They're looking at me like, what is she talking about? What's a dike? Is he saying something nasty in church? No. A dike is just a levee where they go to a river and they build up a wall. Whether it's made of a rock or concrete or whatever, that's called a dike. Okay? It's a barrier. Every now and then, those things will leak. The most famous dike in the world right now is called the... Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Uh, it's Hello! Just because the times have changed don't mean you continue to be ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so oh, are y'all getting this? Y'all thought this was going to be a shouting hallelujah sermon and y'all go, yeah baby, go Jesus, go. You still be, still be saying that because he's giving you information to save your life. Amen. Amen. Miss hmm. Vicky, I thought we had some pretty smart kids here. Boy, they just proved me wrong, didn't they? <laughs> they are smart. <laughs> just different times. Amen. <laughs> All right, listen, listen here. And then it tells you and I, not only will these things happen to be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another, then many false prophets will rise and deceive many. We also see that today. Uh, one of the, the, the most famous ones is the Long Island. Hello. I surprised at how many Christians look. We love that show. Ooh, she told us some stuff about our mama. Uh-huh. Or the psychic hotline. Oh, am I going to be rich? Am I going to get the man that I'm supposed to want? Am I going to get the job? Why I keep losing my job? Well, honey, let me tell you. It says in the stars that you kidding me? The stars don't talk. <laughs> Those are demons masquerading. Christians, stop following this mess. It says in the word of God, do not follow them. I got to go get my palm red. Okay. Well, you need, just need to go wash your hands. That's what you need to do. And then close them and pray. Amen. So it's just telling, all right, we are being deceived by so many things. When I was growing up and then it was a young man, people loved to get the Sunday newspaper because in the Sunday newspaper came what? Yeah! <laughs> Me, I look for the comics. I can care less about it. And then uh, some of them had the audacity to go, are you cancer? I said, not if I can help it, I'm alive. <laughs> Hey man, you Gemini? No, I'm Sammy. <laughs> no, no. And, and people live by this junk. Really, those are real star, star groups, okay? But God did not tell us to worship them. All right, don't be deceived. False prophets out there. And, and, and you wouldn't believe how much we give into their rhetoric uh, every day. And, and, and we like to watch that crazy stuff. Twilight and... Uh, werewolf in England and American werewolf and, and and all this other stuff that's going on today. Uh, 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 what is what is the thing that Christians? 
The Walking Dead. You got it, brother. Boy, so many Christians are are deceived by zombies and they got zombie this and that. Oh, brother, it's just a game. And now they're walking around chasing this invisible creature called Pokemon. <laughs> My God, when it's going to stop? Okay. Hey, the shoe fit? Where? Okay. And we get caught up in so much stuff that take, take our energies and our efforts away from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm being for real. Y'all can laugh at me and talk about me when you go home. I don't care. I'm telling you facts. Stop getting caught up in this foolishness and get caught up in Jesus. Amen. You're spending too much of God's time worried about artificial things that can never benefit you. Well, you're just a game, Pastor Sammy. You're right. You're right. The Ouija boat was just a game, too. And what's happened? What's behind it? Hmm? Mm-hmm. So just keep on dancing around with the enemy and see what he pulls you into. I'm not calling the Pokemon the enemy. I'm just, I just threw that out there. But I am here to tell you, if it absorbed that much of your time, people driving off bridges because they're trying to catch Pokemon. Okay? People falling off sidewalks and breaking their necks because their phone, they glued to the phone, didn't even see the curb and fall down and hurt themselves or get killed. You ever been hit by a bus? You have? <laughs> Look. Uh, let me get on with the lesson from the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got on the soapbox there for a second. <laughs> got somebody in the house. My eyesight is getting better. I really don't need him to read. Anyway, I want you, as the Lord is telling us in verse 12, and because lawlessness will what? Abound. Abound or crease. That Greek word for lawlessness is onama. Okay, Onama, not Obama, Onama. That's actually, that really is the Greek word, Onama. Okay, which is not Obama. And Onama means without law. Okay, without law. People today in our country is living as if there is no law from God. Okay. They're saying that I have the right to live any way that I want to, and you don't have a right to tell me that I'm wrong. And if you do, you are judging me. So what gives you the right to judge me holier than thou, you holy roller? <laughs> when I was growing up, they, and young man in the army, they used to call him Holy Joe. Okay? And so it's an army saying, you just have to be there. But people... God does not change his mind because culture changes its mind. I'm going to say that again, children, so that y'all can understand it. Because the White House say that you can do this and this and this and the Supreme Court. How many of you young would know what the Supreme Court is? Raise your hand. It's the high court in the land. Well, how many justices is it? How many are there? Eight. We only have eight because one died, right? Okay, we had nine. And one chief justice of that. 
Just because they say it's okay for you to live a certain way and that certain way goes against the word of God does not mean God changes his mind because the land say, okay, Miss Vicky, you can slap Brother Amelia side the head 12 times a day and it's all right. It's not a crime. You no longer, it's no longer a crime for you, okay? It used to be called aggravated battery if you walk up and slap your husband side the head. But the law said if he look at you wrong or don't have your supper fixed and wash your clothes and iron them, you can go and slap him 12 times during the day. If he doesn't have my supper fixed. <laughs> okay. But, but anyway, uh, Maurice trying to still grab that one, but that's all right. Just like why he wearing a neon hat up in the house of God, having his head covered. Okay? Because his hair is not cut and his look nappy. <laughs> Listen, love God. He's my son, Jesus. You know that. Excuse me, worldwide audience. Uh, that's just a little Sammy humor. Please don't take away from the word of God on this, okay? As we get ready to close out, everybody, it's something that God wants you to hear, and he wants you to hear very carefully. He says, listen, and he said, the love of many will grow what? Cold. You see that's happening right now. People don't care about people like they used to. I guarantee you, every time you go to back out that parking space, people don't want to let you back out, do they? And sometimes you got to bite your lips and say, what's wrong with these Americans? Used to be they would stop and say, okay, come on back. Okay. But, but, but now, bam, they done ran into your car and then you're going to get the ticket. Okay. People don't care for people like they used to. And when you go to church, you know how many complaints I hear from brothers and sisters in Christ that go to a church for the first time? You know, they, they, they say, those people are not friendly and they call themselves Christians. And they're going, but you're one make the difference. Okay. As, as, as we go on, so the love of men will grow cold. Okay. Then he goes on to tell us. Now, this is the Lord Jesus Christ saying this. This is not a misinterpretation by his apostles. This is the Lord himself speaking this. So that means it's coming directly from the heart of God. So if it's coming from the heart of God, folks, it must be right. It must be true, like Deacon said. So, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. That means, Caitlin, you got to hang in there no matter how rough things get. You cannot give up on Jesus. Okay? Did I spit on you? Okay. I'll go on. You cannot give up on Jesus. Okay? If you go to the bank and there's no money in the bank, don't give up on Jesus. If you go in the hospital, somebody laid up in the hospital, or even yourself, don't give up on Jesus. Okay? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Pull up your britches, son. Love you too. And Jesus still telling us, you know, to go on anyway. And now, I'm a smooth operator, ain't I? <laughs> Listen to this. And this, in verse 14, this will let you know where you stand today. This lets you and I know when the curtain of the skies will get ready to be pulled back. Okay? Verse 14 tells you, Deacon, it's, an, it's a saying from an old prophet by the name of Isaiah. He said that, that, that sky there, he said they will all grow old like a garment. They shall be folded up and put away. What does that mean? There will no longer be a veil between us and God. We'll get a chance to see God just as he is. 
will no longer be able to hide because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will be riding. And he's coming. Amen. And his holy angels, that's why he's called the Lord of hosts. In Joshua, he was called the commander of the of the Lord's what? Host or the host of heaven. What does that mean? The word host in Hebrew means army. Jesus Christ is the commander in chief of the armies of heaven. Who are the armies of heaven? The angels. And he got some generals under him. We know two of their names, don't we? Michael and Gabriel. Making sense to you now? So after a while, the army going to show up. Will you be ready? And the commander going to be out front. He won't be calling the shots from an office. He'll be leading the way. Yes, sir. Amen. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the commander of the armies of heaven. Amen. And listen what he says. He said, now this how you know that I'm getting ready to come. Caitlin, have you all learned in college yet what, 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 what milestones are or what markers are in your papers when you're writing? That means you're letting your readers know, or some even call them fence posts. Have you heard that term in, in literature? Geez, y'all some dumb people. I'm, that's, I'm just messing with you again. Come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> footnotes come after the fact, after the number is placed in there. And you, you told, I didn't mean to insult you. It was meant to be funny. My wife told me, stop talk, telling jokes because they're not funny. Okay. <laughs> But I am teaching you something here. What did, what did Jesus tell you here? Something so incredible that you can take it to the bank and bank it. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be what? Shall be what? Look at your text. Preach. Where? And the whole what? World. Now notice he didn't put earth there. There's a difference in the language here that you got to understand. Earth means physical matter. World means inhabitation. That means humans. And the end will come. So he said you go and you preach the gospel to the whole world. And every what? Nation. And when that has happened, what did he say? He gave us a huge clue there. Then what? Then the end will come. Emma, you know what that means? That means Jesus is getting ready to crack the sky right now. Why? Emma, hold up that little thing that's reflected in your glasses. Hold it up high. Just about every one of us here in these United States got one. What's it called? I call the phone. Yeah, ain't that amazing? Homeless people with a phone, boy, that always messes up my head. But what's this? Uh huh. And what's that other thing over there? It's a telephone. Uh huh. So, so don't we have all these electronics that's able to get, don't you know, Brother Dave, you about the wisest man that I've ever known, and that's the God's truth. 
I want to I want to solicit as we, we got five minutes left and we're gonna close out in prayer. I want to ask you something. If I pick up the phone and call in real time, I want to talk to someone in Zimbabwe. Where is that at? What continent is that on? Africa. Y'all hear that kids? Did you hear what continent that's on? Africa. Say that again? Africa. Africa, so everybody got that, right? Well, on, on, that's Vernon's continent. Okay? So if I pick up the phone and I decide to call a friend in Zimbabwe, how long would it take before that person pick up the phone? Let's just assume they, they can get to the phone just like that. How many seconds will elapse before they say, hello? Instantaneously. Almost instantaneously. Okay, a matter of seconds. Y'all hear me now. A matter of seconds, my voice is carried from these United States to over halfway around the world, and I'm talking to a real live person in real time. They say, oh, how are you, chap? And they say, I'm doing fine, dude. Okay? Now, my wife said, don't do it again. Man, one of these days I'm going to learn it. But what I'm illustrating to you, boys and girls, that what Emma holds in her hand, Emma could punch one key and send that entire Bible message that she's reading to her friend in Australia, the, the most remote part of the world, right? All the way down under to Australia. In a matter of what, Emma, one, two seconds, and they say, oh, I got it, thank you. And you're saying, and they're reading now the same thing that I just read to y'all, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to every what? Nation. Nation in all the world. The person just got the same message within seconds that I just gave to you. Are y'all understanding what I'm about to say to you now? That means that just about every nation on earth has received the gospel in our time just like that. So what does that mean then? Are y'all missing the point here? Or are y'all looking at me like a bunch of mules? I put myself in that picture too. My wife gonna get me anyway for calling y'all mules. So I, I'm doomed no supper today. <laughs> so what does that mean, Dick? That means that the gospel has the ability right now because of electronic modern technology to already be spread to all the world. All the nations. And people now, did y'all not hear not long ago in Africa where they just had a service that they own a loudspeaker and the preacher, the man of God is preaching. There are literally millions out there standing up and have been standing there for days waiting on the gospel to come. And instantaneously, 800,000 people get saved in a single service. Boy, that's a lot of baptizing. <laughs> because loudspeaker projected the voice of the man of God as he spoke the word of God to the people of God to be and accepted Jesus just like that so what is it telling y'all it's telling you and I that the time is near 
based upon that verse and that verse alone. For this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world to every nation. Then the end will come. And that word then, that is a connector that Jesus put there with the completion of the task and the and his coming back again. Does it not? It's kind of like a kaboo. It connected the two. Y'all remember conjunction? Conjunction, what's your function? Schoolhouse, what? Rock? Well, the then is a conjunction, okay, you English folks, just in case you didn't know it. It is a connector. And it just connected two time periods. The completion of the gospel era and the return of Christ. Be looking. Be looking. Be looking. Because based upon that passage alone, and that's where we'll stop at today. But we will finish this. The Lord's willing. Because you need to hear the rest. We're going to go through chapter 24 and 25. And then we'll get back to Acts if the Lord's willing. But you must hear this message. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is coming back again. Amen. And you remember when he told the disciples, I mean, the disciples asked the question, and what is the sign of your coming? Well, the sign is when the, this gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world to every nation. Notice, uh, uh, y'all quit messing up God's word. He said, preach to all the world. That means the inhabited world. Then within that habitation, okay, of the world to every nation. That means every people group must hear this gospel. And the means are here today for that to happen at a very rapid pace. Are you getting this now? Should you be excited? Yes. Because we're going home. Remember Father Abraham, Emma. We are pilgrims passing through. And the journey is almost over. And in the twinkling of an eye, we all shall be changed. For this mortal must take on immortality. And this corruption must become what? Incorruptible. And death will be what? Swallowed up. Wow. Anybody out here that don't know Jesus because this is the road to get you to this eternal kingdom. Anybody struggling? This is the road that gets you to the eternal kingdom. And the road is Jesus. It's time now for young people. I want to talk to you just for a second because I got 30 seconds left. Stop arguing with your parents. 
Do you want Jesus to crack that sky while you're arguing with your parents? Look at me. Do you want Jesus to come back and hear you arguing with your mom or your dad? Or with your sibling? Do you really want that to happen? Or younger folks, look at me. Do you want Jesus to come back and find you in your classroom cutting up? Or on your way to the principal office? Or in church? Or in your car? How many of y'all was riding with me the other day and the driver did some crazy said, jerk? You wouldn't with me. <laughs> Can't be saying that, can I? Man. Dick, you ready to go home? Well, my work is finished for today. Prepare your hearts. Jesus is coming back again, Arve. It's time for you to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, son. Let's do it before Thanksgiving. I don't want to catch a cold stepping in the water. <laughs> Anybody else need to be baptized? In Jesus' name. If you're raising your hand, young one, talk to your parent. And they talk to me. But Arve... Shelly, set the date. The first Sunday in November. First Sunday in November. Set the date. Harvey, first Sunday in November. Dickon, you got it? First Sunday in November. Mr. Dave, bring your box guitar. Can you bring pizza? You know, that's a good idea. Miss Vicky, can you make sure that happens? You and Miss Marie? Bring pizza to the. We'll have lunch out there. How about that? And some drinks. All right. As soon as I pray, um, it's supposed to be a business meeting today, and it is. Everybody, we're supposed to discuss the float today also at 12.30, so hang around a little bit. I hope you don't have to leave us soon. Say again? Yeah, we have no cars. Mine broke down. Good, so y'all get to stay with me and Bubba. <laughs> That's my bus out there. All right, every head bow. Let's finish in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your living word and your preparing our hearts to meet you. Forgive us for our sins, Lord Jesus. And we know that you're coming back again. Somebody out there around the world need to hear this message. And Lord, forgive me for my foolishness today. Lord, I didn't mean to distract your word from the reality of the soon return of Jesus Christ our King. Thank you for what he did on the cross. Lord Jesus, you are the only way in which men can be saved. There is no other way. And that Father is going to send you back again to receive us unto yourself. And you are going to sit up on your throne and you're going to judge the living and the dead. You're going to judge the nations. And Lord, we are your sheep. And we want others to be your sheep as well. So I'm asking now, Lord, as we get ready to depart from this place, but never from your presence, bless our business meeting and bless your children around the world. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.